Heidi is keeping really far social distance. I, this is what it's like at home, too. No, I'm just kidding. Not at all. Uh, and then uh, Troy's wife, Carrie, is, is back in the back, and she's taking care of some of the, the tech stuff. But we're trying to, you know, keep our space. It's really odd because we love to hug each other and slap each other on the back. And um, so this is, this is really strange. Um, and, and we really miss seeing you, the family of hope. And, and even doing this this morning in an empty room uh, feels a little odd. And, and we were initially just going to kind of try to crowd around and do stuff. But A... You know, we're supposed to have a little space between us and, and, and B, um, the camera angles on these things isn't quite right. And so it actually worked to just kind of space this out uh, up the stage here. But I, I have a feeling that this, how we do this is going to evolve over the next um, few weeks. Um, but again, this week has been completely surreal. I know for sure that many of us, myself included, have alternated between Peace, we've had moments of peace. Maybe some of you have had very short moments of peace, like maybe when you were asleep, but there's been some peace, maybe not even when you're asleep, right? Okay. Uh, there's been peace and anxiety. Um, we have gone from curiosity about, wow, what is really going on? And we swing quickly to sometimes despair. Uh, I know that there's a lot of fear, and some of us that have talked about this, you know, it, it, it's, it's not so much fear about getting the virus for some of us. Like, for me, I'm not so afraid of getting the virus, but, but um, I'm concerned that someone that I love, uh, be it a family member or one of you here at Hope, people that I'm connected to, uh, I, I do have concern, um, sometimes fear, uh, somebody getting it and then not recovering. Um, there's a lot of fear, understandably, and I'm wrestling with this too, about economically, how is this going to impact all of us and how long is it going to impact all of us? You know, some of us already have lost jobs. Um, some of us, uh, <laughs> our income like that was just taken or evaporated. Uh, there is, there's so much going on in that area um, that in one way or another, this is going to impact all of us, and it's going to take some time um, to recover. There's so much uncertainty going on, and there's always, right, there's always crazy rumors about what's going to happen next. My cousin's uncle's sister said, and then roll out the rumor, or, oh, I heard it from so-and-so whose mom's, you know, there, there's these crazy rumor mills, and sometimes those things turn out to be true. Most of the time, um, they are speculations that are actually unhelpful because our anxiety level gets driven up. Um, honestly, some days I read the news way, way, way too much. Uh, I confess to you, I read the news way too much some days. And um, other days, though, I'm able to kind of set it aside. You know, hey, here's a little snippet, a little update, and I just kind of put it aside. Um, and by the way, does anyone want to guess? And uh, too bad our Facebook chat is like 10 or 15 seconds behind because I could look at your answers. But uh, how, um, how, is there a correlation in your life, like there is in mine, between how much I read the news and how much um, peace I'm able to live with on a day-by-day -day basis, right? So if you're like me at all, um, and like some of the folks I've talked to, the more I immerse myself in what I, at first, I'm just looking for information, right? Yeah, understandably so. 
But the more I immerse myself in the news, there's a tipping point at which suddenly it becomes a bit obsessive and I'm clicking on articles to read more and more stuff. And as I read more and more stuff, and oftentimes stuff that I'm like, this doesn't even matter about my life. Why am I reading this? What I find is the level of peace I have sinks very quickly. And here's what struck me yesterday uh, as I heard someone else talk about this. Um, This thing, this virus has our attention. Like it has our complete and undivided attention. And what we know is that whatever it is that has my attention, um, the peace of my life is directly impacted by it, right? So when crisis like this has my attention and I'm locked in, how much peace would you say that I can live with? Yeah, not much. Not much. Uh, in fact, honestly, for me, um, sometimes not any peace, depending on how deeply I have dug down the rabbit hole. Now, I'm not saying at all, and if you heard me last week, I'm not saying at all that we, we should bury our heads in the sand and ignore reality and just pretend everything's fine. No, 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 not at all. Um, because there is. There's information that we need to know about. But when my attention is fixed on the current crisis, the likelihood of me experiencing peace and calm in the middle of the storm that we just sung about, the likelihood of that is somewhere between like slim and none. That's just the way it works. And I have loved being able to talk to a number of you and some of you. Uh, many of you have asked, you know, hey, Doug, how are, how are you doing with all this? And honestly, it kind of depends on what day, what day you ask me how I'm doing. Uh, it depends on the day, because here's the truth. I have good days, and I have bad days. I've had good days this week, and I've had bad days this week. I have had days, maybe even just moments, but I've had days even where there's more peace and calm, where maybe if we were to take the temperature of our house, which is Heidi and Noah and I, uh, wow, you might be able to say that I was a, the stable-ish one in our household. Um, nope, she's shaking her head. No, okay. Um, somewhere in there, maybe, yeah, no. Um, Heidi is the stable one in the house. She's pointing out. She's going to run up here and tell the truth. So I'll, I'll stop right there. But um, yeah, some days maybe I've been more stable. Um, and there's other days, like yesterday, where I had just fear that was gripping me and I felt helpless, I felt afraid, I felt confused. Uh, honestly, I just wanted to kind of hide. And, and part of it was that I was starting to feel like a failure, like I was blowing it as a husband. I'm not helping my wife through this the way that I want to be. I'm blowing it as a dad. I'm not listening to or there for my son the way that I want to be. I'm blowing it as a friend because how many friends have I not been able to connect with or, or talk to or call back or reach out to? So I'm blowing it there. I'm blowing it as a pastor because um, all of our staff were calling different people in the church and I know I am way behind and not getting a hold of the folks that I really want to call and want to call more of you. So I feel like I'm blowing it all over the place. And so yesterday my margin was getting thin. Uh, in our new house that we moved into, we have a backyard um, that's very peaceful, except for, except for, um, there is constant screaming and crying from across the fence. I mean, none stop. I sometimes wonder if there's a soundtrack that just gets played when nobody's actually out there through some speakers, but I, I don't know how it happens. It is 
nonstop screaming and crying, um, dogs that I don't know how they can bark for hours on end. I, I, again, it's amazing. It's a miracle. It could be a Guinness World Record for a dog that can bark without stopping for hours on end. And so I, just my margin was thin, and I just had to get out of my house yesterday because everything else was kind of in turmoil for me. And I just needed to come over here to the church building, which when nobody's here, uh, is, is really sometimes very relaxing. Um, and so I did, and I came over here just to get alone and just to be with God and just to try to be undistracted. And the cool thing is, um, there's no guarantee, there's nothing magical about a church building, um, but God did meet me here. He, he really calmed my fears. And um, this is no formula, but I'll just walk you through kind of what helped make the shift from anxiety to some peace. I, I just took a walk around inside the building here, kind of started to pray and think, and I grabbed my Bible and journal, and I, I actually used that pause app that we've been putting on the Facebook page, and I, I did a, a pause where I just got centered in and, and focused in on Jesus, and that's that pause app that really helped me to stop and to focus on Jesus and to kind of put other things aside, even for just a, a few minutes. Um, and then I really poured my heart out to God, just very honest prayers, unedited, probably stuff that I wouldn't want to pray in front of you. Uh, but that's where, that's where I went. Um, I was able to read some scripture. I was able to actually reflect on it. And, and I know that this usually is what happens for me. And I wish I had done it sooner in the day. It took me until mid-afternoon to even start this process. I wish I had done it much sooner. But when I did that, I began to move away from fear and back towards peace. And again, what I believe took me out of that being locked into fear place and moved me back towards peace was where my attention got focused. See, God helped me take my attention off the news that was locking me in, off of speculation. Oh my goodness, we could talk about speculation for a while because speculation is a real thing that can be damaging, really damaging. Um, he helped me take my focus off of catastrophization. I was just catastrophizing everything. Here's the worst case scenario. This is what could happen. Um, he helped me take my focus off of feeling like a, a failure because I was blowing it as a husband, as a dad, as a son, as a friend, as a, as a pastor. He helped me to just pull all that back and put my attention on Jesus, which made me think about this, and you can ponder this. I mean, think about this. What is the fruit of giving all of our full attention to this crisis? There might be some good things somewhere, but when we give our full attention to a crisis like this, the fruit of that can be, and most often is, a lack of peace, a lot of anxiety. Um, and then what would the fruit of giving God our attention be? Well, among other things, uh, maybe some peace, maybe some perspective. Now, listen, there's no shame here, which is part of why I told you like, uh, that this was happening in real time for me even yesterday. Um, I don't want you to start beating yourself up, you know, like I was beating myself up. I don't want you to sink into despair. I just want to remind us, hey, guys, there's a different way to live. Jesus invites us to live in peace no matter what circumstances are that are going on around us. And honestly, once my attention was back on Jesus, 
it was hard for me to not turn back into the news. Like I was looking for my phone again for that little, like tap the phone, hit the news, read the thing. Um, It was really hard for me to avoid doing that, even though I knew that's part of what was taking me out of peace because I can slip into that rut super fast. And my guess is maybe some of you as well. Uh, And here's the verse that I want to look at with the rest of our time this morning. And it's a verse uh, that I would love for uh, each of us to really commit to memory in this time and to kind of process it and turn it over. Don't just memorize the words, but wonder about it. Uh, let God impact your heart with it. Uh, and this is actually the verse that yesterday God got my attention with. It's out of Second Timothy. Uh, it's Second Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. I'm actually going to start with verse 6. Um, but Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse Seven. Um, what's happening in this book here is that the Apostle Paul is writing to his, uh, the guy he's mentoring, uh, Timothy. Um, Timothy's a young pastor. He's in a very challenging church. Uh, there's a crazy culture all around him. Uh, he's new at this, and, and he's now leading the church in his city. And here's what encouragement um, the Apostle Paul writes to him and also the word of God for us. Uh, Verse six uh, tells Timothy, therefore I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He's telling him, fan it into flame. And then the verse we've heard before, verse seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. See, the spirit of fear is that thing that grips us. And those of us that are living in that and maybe slipping in and out of that this week, there's really a spirit of fear that, that, that grips us and it feels like it's the reality of our life. But the apostle Paul is saying, no, 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 God's not given us that spirit. The actual spirit that God has given us that we can live out of is a, is a spirit, not a fear of love and power and a sound Mind, that's what the spirit God gave us and what we can live out of. That's what it looks like. And the reason I read verse six there um, is to remind us that, that we already have this, right? We already have this. God gave it to us. It said God gave us the, not the spirit of fear, but the spirit of, right? He said he already gave it to us. This is not about earning it. But in verse six, it says, he reminds Timothy to fan into flame the gift fan it into flame so it's not passive. Like we don't just automatically live in love and power and a sound mind. There's an element of fanning this into flame. It's not striving, it's not earning. God's already given it to you, but it's not passive either. So it's there, but we need to fan it into flame. I was thinking about like the fan into flame deal. And I remember um, canoe camping with a friend of mine uh, a number of years ago, and um, we weren't very good at canoeing, and we were going down a river. The water was awfully high. Um, we managed to uh, hit a log, um, spilled our canoe, spilled all our stuff, sent most of it down the river, uh, and it took us a while to you know, just pull the canoe out. Uh, we thought we'd actually lost the canoe. And to just get on to the shore, it was already evening. It, this was up in Wisconsin, and it was getting cold at night. And um, we, um, our matches were wet. So we found a campsite. And at this campsite, somebody had used it uh, before, 
and we, we got a little fire going, but then in the middle of the night when it was really cold, the fire was out. And so, um, so we, we're out of matches. We got no way to do this thing. Neither of us are, are, are Boy Scouts. And so we kind of scratched under the surface and we actually found some coals. Now, I promise you they weren't like flaming hot coals, um, but by fanning those into flame, um, we actually finally, we we're pretty proud. We should have got a Boy Scout medal. What do they got? What are they? Badges, right? We should have got a Boy Scout badge for this. And it probably saved us from uh, getting hypothermia. Like we fanned it into flame. Um, and I think that's not an exaggeration on why we need to fan into flame the gifts that God has given us because we can land in a spirit of fear and stay there for a long time uh, or we can tend those coals because they're there. We can fan it into flame uh, and it can change us. It can rescue us from living in a spirit of fear. I know I'm going to blow my 20 minutes because I got about five here to go. So here we go anyway. You guys were all right. You know me so well, huh? All right. Um, Again, look at this verse seven here. Again, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And this week, I encourage you to kind of think through each one of these things uh, as, as they are opposed to fear. Like, oh, think of it one way or the other. Fear comes against power. Fear comes against love. Fear comes against a sound mind. Like, fear attacks each of those things in our lives. And, and just look at the first one, fear versus power. Galatians 4, 7 reminds us, you are no longer a slave, but you are God's child. And since you're his child, God made you his heir. Now, slaves would live in fear, but the apostle Paul is telling us, hey, no, you're not a slave. You don't have to live in fear that something's gonna come down on you and you're gonna get hammered or punished. No, 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 you are a child of God. You have access to his power, to his authority, to his favor. I mean, think about this. The king of the universe is your father and he loves you and me deeply. Now that doesn't mean nothing bad will ever happen to you, but it sure can give us a sense that there is some power available to us because of God's love rather than having to just live powerlessly. See, when we live with no power and we live like we are powerless, then we live like we're victims to the whims of this world. We live like we are victims to the attacks of the evil one. But a spirit of fear comes against power to make us feel helpless and futile. Or sometimes a spirit of fear comes masquerading as control, which is fake power, it feels like power because I finally have control. I've got all the toilet paper I need. I've got all the, you know, what else are we stocking up? We've got all the hand sanitizer we need for the rest of our life. Uh, we, all the control things that we do. And it's not just with this crisis. A lot of us, this is what we revert to in real life. I have plenty of these areas that God's exposing to me where I go to control thinking that's a powerful way to live, but that's powerless. See, genuine power is based on what God has given to us um, and he's given us his power and we actually get to wield his power for good. We get to bring the kingdom of God and partner with him and, and do good things on behalf of others. So when we face fear, we have the choice. Are we going to be um, powerless 
Are we gonna revert to that victim status? Are we gonna be a victim of our pain, a victim of our circumstance? Or can we shift into being a powerful person who actually wants something in our life to happen more than just stopping the pain? We actually wanna see something grow and advance for the sake of others. Do we wanna grow and become mature and relational people that can love others? Because friends, the, the spirit that you have, people of hope, the spirit is a spirit of power. It's not a spirit of fear. The spirit you have, the second one, is a spirit of love, not of fear, right? Fear comes against love by trying to shut it down. When I'm filled with fear, I can't love anybody else very well. I'll slide into self-protection. I'll be consumed because everything's just about me, me, me. And you could feel that spirit of fear in the grocery stores, in Walmart, in Costco. You could feel it. It was palpable. And the opposite, um, the feeling we were feeling was the opposite of love. It was a spirit of fear that some of us could even sense as you looked at the empty shelves and people were in panic. Um, hoarding, uh, people fighting over stuff, people in competition. I mean, even if I didn't need something, I was tempted to buy it just in case. I mean, if there would have been a run on diet soda, like I hate diet soda, but if there would have been a run on diet soda, I might have, you know, tried to grab a few cases just in case, you know, it's in short supply, right? See, that's the opposite of love. That hoarding thing is the opposite of love because when we love, we extend love. We extend ourselves to other people. We're looking to meet others' needs. Even if it's as simple as to say a kind word. And when we say kind words to people, it actually has the power to change the environment. It, it casts out fear. Love casts out fear. Um, I think of the cashiers in the store that, that I was able to see. Some of them were just too glazed over to receive it, but some actually appreciated encouraging comments. They, they felt good or it, it, it changed for them when they heard just a, just a thank you, a genuine thank you. I mean, Heidi um, is so good at this. She, she sat with somebody and, uh, or she didn't sat, she stopped and just, I mean, didn't hold up the line, but she asked one of the clerks, how are you doing? And this lady's a grandma and talked about her fears for her grandson and Heidi's kindness and her telling her, I will pray for you, actually shifted something, not just for Heidi and that clerk, but for the guy standing behind her in line who was kind of overhearing this as well. See, this has the power. Love has the power to shift all of this. And I'm out of time, so I'm not going to get to the sound mind, um, but fear... um, Fear does come against the sound mind piece of this, right? We can't think clearly when we're flooded with fear. We can't see actual truth when when fear has taken hold of us. When panic starts to pull us in, we can't think straight. But a sound mind, which is promised to us and given to us, is the opposite of fear. And when fear is not in control, our mind is sound. Friends, when fear is not ruling us, we actually can be generous with people. We can be united to look to the needs of others. And so many of you have reached out and said, hey, anybody that has a need here in our Hope family, let us know we wanna get involved. So far, we haven't had a bunch of those come up, but I I love it, that's our default setting here. How can I love? How can I serve? How can I get past that fear and love other people? Jim and uh, the guys, will you guys come to do our closing song? I just want to read again out of Philippians 4 like I did last week. Um, 
Philippians 4, I'll start in verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Verse eight says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Then he says, whatever you've learned or received from me, put it into practice. And here's the, here's the phrase, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Whatever's true, right, noble, good, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, think about these things. And that gives us a lot of latitude of things to actually focus in on. But you know, there's one thing that encompasses every one of those words that we can think on. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. We fix our minds on Jesus. And that last sentence, right? We give God our attention. We give Jesus our attention. And the last sentence, and the God of peace will be with you. Can we try him at that this week? Can we try him on that one? We're going to sing a closing song and then um, we'll bless you as you go into your week.
Hope family, we miss being with you. We miss being in the same room together. This this uh, situation actually gives us some insight into things that maybe we take for granted. Maybe I sometimes take for granted and don't get a chance enough to appreciate this incredible community, this incredible church family, uh, Hope Covenant. As you go now into your week, I want to read those words from Philippians chapter 4. And verse 8 over us again. Uh, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Again, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, think about these things. Let's give our attention to those things. And the quickest way to focus on the one person that embodies all of those words is to fix our mind on Jesus. May you be blessed this week. 
And may the God of peace show up in incredible ways to minister to your soul. In the name of the Father, Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We love you guys.